0: And, uh, Robert, it is your show. show awesome. Show me what you got.
1: Okay. Well, welcome to the table in the tavern. Uh, I'm going to be your host tonight. My name is Robert. Uh, with me tonight, I've got Patrick and David. And uh, hopefully everybody remembers who we are, but just in case. Um, I'm fairly new to the DMing scene. Only been doing it for about six years. And uh, tonight's topic of choice is going to be uh, online versus uh, in-person sessions. Uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, give David and, and then Patrick a moment to uh, reintroduce themselves, and then we can get started.
2: Uh, hey, folks. My name is David. Um, I Just as a refresher, I've been uh, doing tabletop gaming and DMing for better part of 25 Almost thirty years now. Um, various games, various environments. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's about it for me.
0: Okay, thank you very much, Patrick. Go
1: ahead.
0: Um, my name is uh, Patrick, otherwise known as uh, Leon Jenkins or Pat Man, uh, avid DM. Uh love playing D&D as well. Um, love talking about comics and D&D. Uh, that's kind of my passion.
1: Okay, great. Um, so, as uh, mentioned before, uh, our topic for uh, this evening is going to be uh, D&D from the perspective of in-person sessions versus online. Uh, so, I, I guess the first question needs to be... Um, you know, which do we prefer as DMs? You know, is it easier or better uh, to run a session uh, in person or online? And uh, then we'll uh, get into it from there. So, um, David, why don't you go ahead and uh, give me your response to that real quick, and then we'll...
2: All right. Uh, well, um, having done both, um, I mean, they both have their pros and cons. Um it in in my opinion, it really comes down to um what what kind of play. It, it really boils down to what kind of players you have and what environment you're looking for. Um, lately, all of uh, lately over the past couple of years, my main exper- my main method of of uh, RP has been virtual. Uh, because I really don't have any centralized group. And due to some of my personal issues, it's hard to have a tabletop group. So so virtual has been my, my recent uh, method. But with... Uh, uh, like I said, it really depends on the on what you're looking for and what kind of players, because it does take a lot of discipline to do online because there can be a lot more distractions. But with, with in person, um, well, the, there's there's a lot of distractions, but you get more face to face, and you have have. You have a better chance of interaction with other players so it's kind of a toss-up but um i do like online because um because you don't have to set up you know a single environment for everybody to show up and you know and basically entertain in your house
1: Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. Um, Patrick, uh, the same question. Um, You know, what are the, you know, benefits of of playing in person versus uh, trying to do so online?
0: Um, Okay. Um, Thank you. Um, The benefits of playing in person versus online. Uh, The benefits are... There's always so much I can perceive from you as a player or as a DM from a virtual platform. Um, I can only perceive what you allow me to hear and see. Uh, I may not be able to n- notice your nervous twitch with that pencil going or whatever it is those little ticks, that tell me what you're thinking or whatever Uh, that personal relationship that you build with your friends in person uh, versus being on a virtual tabletop Uh, it's been one I've ushered into in this last decade um, as a lot of things in my life changed I stopped playing D&D as much as I did. Moved away from the people that I played with. Found it difficult to find games to play in. Ended up turning to playing uh, on different platforms like MRPG, which was text-based adventuring. That was how much I loved uh, playing um, TTRPGs. Um, that I was willing to just sit there with my phone or my computer and just type out endless dialogue just to cut and paste and throw on there to keep the game going. And um, it made me a better DM as far as having preparations. I've relaxed too much. I've taken too much leniency, but that's another topic. But um, so it forces you to step up your game doing a virtual I'd say because you're you're relying on more of your battle maps than theater of mind sitting around a table and you're talking about things and you've got a couple figures on a map and they're all painted and you painted them seven years ago touched them up last week keep them brushed off and I bring them and I put them on the table well in my game To do that, well, I got to find your token, not in a drawer, in a file, probably in a zip drive somewhere, put it in my computer, download it, bring it over there, drop it in, okay? And then bring it onto that particular map, bring that map in. Oh, I have to make the map, by the way. Um, Put that on there too. And there's a lot more prep work that goes into it. And that's a big thing as far as the thing because I paint my little stuff and or use books or whatever and I've gone beyond that now using different things like in garden I love doing all that stuff I do it for hours and hours it helps me kind of get into the mindset of what all is there as I'm building all this stuff I don't know if that makes any sense but yeah but as far as the benefits and drawbacks The big benefit, I'd say, is the kinship that you make um, with your friends. The drawbacks from it really comes down to scheduling and the technical aspect of it. And I find that bringing all those boards and bringing all those figures and bringing all that stuff over to someone's house. Or having you bring all your stuff. And me providing the snacks. Me providing the entertainment. Maybe we're watching a movie or whatever. And we're doing some stuff. And now uh, my home is invaded by my party. For five or six hours for a three or four hour game. Not only my space. But the space of all of my life companions, my wife, my sister that I'm living with, my roommate, whoever it is that's there with me. Now, they have to endure my party as well. I can't just go, close my door. I'm here. Okay, just like I am right now. While you're in Ohio, Davidson, Washington or Oregon, and I'm in Missouri. Uh, We're all in different parts of the world. And that's where the convenience is when I can just, I don't have to drive over to your house. I just have to, oh, 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 yeah, I got a game tonight. Uh, Let me go. Hey guys, what's up? So there you go. I hope that answers your question. Uh, Thanks very much.
2: all the conflicts of ske- scheduling conflicts for real life gaming gotta hate it
1: okay well um i guess i will go ahead and answer my own questions um for me i absolutely loved having all of the miniatures and expanding my collection and having all those resource books and all the dice sets, and you get to actually go over and you show all of your friends you're hanging out with, you know, look at the, the new figures I just got or, you know, uh, what I've been working on with this stuff or, or check out my new dice box or just whatever it is. You know, it, it was, uh, you, you keep building a collection, but that's actually part of the drawback uh, of playing in person uh, for me also is the expense of doing so. Uh, it is so much easier to go online and use Pinterest or some other, uh image uh share site and download a token for whatever mob that you're gonna throw at the party uh then it is to go and, and try to find and either put it on your own little disk uh i know when i first got started i was using pennies nickels dimes quarters and just writing one through eight or whatever you know on them to keep track of which one was which uh You know, and that worked okay, you know, but as you get going, um, you really want to have that visualization there. Uh, And so that fear of the mind that you were talking about, um, you know, really is a big deal. Um, So, you know, I miss uh, when I'm playing in a a group um, directly, I miss being able to actually roll the dice, the physical roll, and and that, that. You know, hopes that you're going to pull it off. Um, But I will tell you that playing online, it keeps you a lot more honest. Everyone can see your role. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's basically where I'm at with it. You know, I I I absolutely love the... Sorry, what's that? Can they? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, I absolutely love having all the physical pieces, you know. But unfortunately... um, you know, there there comes the expense with that. There comes all the storage space that you need for that. I have hundreds of miniatures and dozens of, of resource books. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and when you're not the one hosting as the DM and you're going to someone else's home, uh, there is a lot to carry in. So that was something that you had uh, pointed out uh, as well. Um, I, I've got you know, a backpack full of stuff and then I've got a carry tote for the miniatures and then uh, I've got, you know, just another little tote that I uh, keep the rest of the stuff in so that I've got my, uh, you know, my, whatever the game map, um, you know, is and and so on. But um, yeah, and then there's, they're building the maps, you know, it's so much faster doing that online. Um, as far as drawing something out because they don't have to wait for everything to load. You can have pre-drawn everything and just say, okay, well, let's go to this next screen real quick. And uh, it it lets the flow go a lot faster. Uh, It helps with the immersion, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, So, yeah, that would be my response, I think, to that question. Uh, Do Uh, we want to continue any conversation on that topic, or do we want to move on to the next round of
2: questions? Well, touching on your your comment about you know packing all this stuff, um, I absolutely agree. Uh, I mean, when when you're prepping for a game session to go to you know to go to a friend's house, and it looks like you're packing for a weekend getaway to the to the tropics because you're carrying like a suitcase and a backpack, then that's a bit much. Because, like like you said, you have your books, your dice, your minis, your maps, your dice. You know your your You know your your dice tower. Um, you know your your book. You know your your DM notes um, and all of that other. You all that other stuff. You know and your binders and uh, spell cards and you know who knows what else. You know. You know all of this stuff. You know just for you know just for you know four or five hour. You know, trip to hang out with your friends, you know, give me a, give me a tablet with all of that stuff on PDF, maybe a bag of dice and a virtual character sheet, you know, and you know, and I'm happy.
1: I've actually found that we've done a lot of hybrid sessions where we're using roll 20, we're using a projector system or something similar, um, and the DM is actually manipulating all of our pieces uh, up on the board, while everybody else is actually still being able to physically roll the dice, you can choose to have you know a tablet or a phone out that has your uh, character mm-hmm. sheets or you can write it all out on paper and so I think blending the two uh, is really going to be the way to go um, you know in, in the end of things uh,
0: uh, yeah you you bring up an interesting perspective there David uh, you talked about all the notes and the character sheets and the physical aspects of doing it in person um yeah, it's, it's immense. Versus being able to just move that over to a thumb drive and put it in a shelf somewhere and pull it out and whatever. It The, the space, for instance, uh, it's completely different, okay? Uh, I can bring everything over in my pocket versus in the trunk oh, yeah. of my
2: car. Oh, and it saved each, and and with the insane price of everything, gas, you're saving gas.
1: Yeah, uh, since COVID, I really think that the online play has taken off, um, you know, even for people that are capable of meeting in person, uh, just because uh, it was, you know, healthier uh, for a while, you know, to to social distance. Um, And that's like I said, we, we, One of the things that we found that we were doing is when we couldn't meet in person, we would just play online. And on the sessions that we were able to meet up together, you know, in in person, then we could we could go and do that. So um, I really enjoyed, um, you know, that aspect that has has come from everybody having access to online play. Uh, It definitely frees up a lot more time. Uh, You don't have the travel time involved with getting back and forth someone's place and so more of your time can be dedicated to playing uh, the game itself rather than you know how much of it do you have to use to get back and forth and you know um, whether or not you, you have to provide those snacks or meals for people depending on what window of time we're playing
0: uh, that's a that's a great yeah. great uh, couple of great points right there that you make um, something that, that David had touched on as well uh, Resources, fuel. You said food. Just like I was saying, you're entertaining people. You instead of you providing your bowl of popcorn, you're providing Doritos and dip and whatever for, you know, probably eight people. That includes you, of course. Um, versus showing up with your bag of chips and your bowl of popcorn and your soda of your choice and that's all you need and you know uh, the whole travel time you said versus the travel time from what I was doing a minute ago to going to my study or studio or whatever it is to play D&D there you know um yeah th- those are great aspects of why virtual is that convenience factor um, for sure okay. but at the same time you do
2: lose some of that human interaction and that's um, like you them. were saying yeah cuz like you were saying before you kind of lose that like that you know being able to see like that the twitch of the hand when you get nervous or you know when you, when you're getting really invested you know and you and you're watching a player's leg bounce Or, you know, them, like, chewing on a pencil, you know, chewing on a pencil tip because, like, oh, my God, I don't want to, I I don't want to fuck this roll up. You know, it's that kind of thing. And, you know, and you do kind of lose that. Um, But I will say one thing that virtual is... It can definitely reduce um, table distractions uh, because I've had tables. You know, I've been at tables where um, uh, years ago I was playing uh, advent. Uh, just a uh, you know as an example, um, years ago when I was living in Florida, I was playing adventurers league and. Um, the character I was playing um, ended up getting, um, you know, was was interrogating a, a prisoner, and two part two of the people who were at the table were kind of uh, kind of whispering and co conspiring you know, at the end, not paying a not paying a damn bit of attention to what was going on, and you know, I end up you know my character ends up getting killed and you know their first thought is you know what kind of loot they got
1: okay well that is a perfect introduction actually to my second question and that was going to be either um your favorite or least favorite session that you've had to deal with Mm -hmm. either in person or online um Because let me tell you, it is hard for me to pick just one favorite, um, you know, but at the same time, I can easily find a couple of those least favorite uh, sessions because of um, either being in person or uh, online. So uh, why don't we start with uh, Patrick on this one?
0: Uh, uh, I'm going to have to ask you to ask that question one more time so I can fully understand it I didn't try to
1: yep absolutely I was saying or asking um, what is your favorite or least favorite uh, encounter or incident that has happened uh, with your group being either in person or online you know and and, you know what made it that because of being in person or online
0: so um, you're asking me so basically, my my favorite or least favorite in both online and personal is that correct? Right. Okay. And or yes. And or okay, okay. Uh, yeah. So being there personally, um, I remember I was running a game. Uh, most of it was my roommates and my neighbor. And then uh, this guy wants to play. I am always about, hey, if you want to play D&D, I, I want to at least give you the opportunity. Especially if you've never played before. Okay? Now, there comes a point in time where I'll be like, I'll create a new game and, and see if a couple other players want to play. But for the most part, I'm always going to try to acclimate someone to a current party that I'm running. Given that it's not like over like eight is my cap. I will not add another player after eight. That's from personal experience. That's a lot of action economy. Lot of action economy. Anyway, back to the story. Okay, uh, guy ends up being there because it meant he was in the same room with a girl. He liked uh, huh. was my roommate's girlfriend. And it was a very uncomfortable situation. It took precedence over everything that was there just because of a Jerry Springer moment, okay, that was brought to that game session. Worst experience playing D&D. Best experience playing D&D. Okay. Whether virtual or physical. And I have two there. But that was absolutely my worst experience playing D&D. I'll have to think about the worst virtual. But best experiences, that's... It's a little harder... a little harder. David, why don't you go ahead and take it from here and I'll come back. Right. So
2: one of the so worst uh, worst tabletop session that I've had I would say um, uh, it was a Pathfinder game. Um, I wasn't running. I was. I was a player, and one of the other players was um, was a power gamer. They were, uh, you know, they were the the person who, you know, would do absolutely everything they could to stack their character to be absolutely optimized, to be amazing at everything.
0: Somehow I feel like you're describing me.
2: No, this wasn't you. Um. Because I don't think you've ever played Pathfinder.
0: No, I always wanted to.
2: Um, so anyway, uh, he uh you know we're 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 in the middle of the session and he the, the the player actually loses his temp you know we're we're having a conversation in character and he loses his temper based on based on our conversation and he gets up packs all of his stuff he packs packs all his shit storms out never saw the guy again and then because of that our dm was completely thrown off and derailed and so that was the end of that campaign the the session ended after about an hour And it's just, you know, it was just the fact that the guy took things way too personally. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, in a close environment, um, especially in a Florida summer, um, you know, when it's hot and humid and... Gross outside, and everybody is miserable, even with air conditioning, and tempers. You know, and somebody gets their hack, gets their temper raised. You know, explosions happen. But you know, with an RP situation, with a tabletop situation, you know, don't take it personally. You know, that was kind of the worst situ- worst experience for for table uh, for tabletop. Um. The worst virtual session uh, was I was in a uh, world of darkness play by post. Um, it was all text-based RP and I was in a session and the the storyteller just you know something happened my character gets teleported to another place in you know in the scene and they just forget about me for the for the rest of the whole thing it's just like um, hello I'm still here oh we'll get to you we'll get to you we'll get to you and then I'm just sitting there thumb up my ass for for four hours yeah but best situation (laughs) um let's see some of my you know most of my experience you know is as i mean i do have dm experience yeah but i do also play a lot and i will say it was a it was a game that a friend of ours was running um and i was playing a stater and i threw a halfling and enlarged him while he was in the air that was one of my favorite situations in a virtual tabletop game because just everyone was like oh my god you did that um either that or allowing a paladin to surf a demon um those were both some of my favorite uh favorite table uh virtual tabletop situations
0: All right. so I've okay a well, bit thanks for
1: action. sharing that patrick did you uh have your uh, answer figured
0: out now? Or? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so, I'll finish up with the worst the worst. So that was my worst in-person interaction. My worst online interaction actually is something that I may have inadvertently caused simply because I was, I don't know I'm always concerned with Keeping the game moving. Okay. So. When I asked someone. Hey would you go ahead and. It's your turn. What would you like to do? I want to attack this. Okay. Go ahead and make your attack. This was on MRPG. Mind you. And so he copy and pasted his entire attack. And did it all. And. included his tail attack and whatever with his Raptor and his his, himself and everything. And I was like, I'm sorry, but this, this hits, this hits, but I'm sorry, this misses and that misses. I'm sorry. Um, well that missed. So that means that I can do this. I'm sorry, but you already did do that because you, you basically listed it all out that right there by me allowing you to go ahead and do an additional thing because of your miss, um, whatever. And so I was like, let's just go ahead and move on to the next player and then we'll come back to that. He decided that I was not playing fair because I didn't allow him to do that additional thing, even though he attacked like seven times in like one action. Um, And I was cool. It's just that although he missed a couple of those He did not think I was playing fair by allowing him to do an 8th action in that turn. Um, And so he decided not to play. I was playing with a limited number of players already. It was 3. That meant I only had 2 players. By the time I got extra players around, they had lost interest and then... I heard back every once in a while by one virtual player, but I always felt bad that we were able to finish that game because of just that whatever. Uh, so I love the idea that everyone, you know, getting your your plan for what you're gonna do in mind beforehand. But when you declare your whole thing and don't allow room for whatever, and certain things don't go your way, you did declare that that's what you did. Okay, so to undeclare that, it's just you can't. You know, it's just, you know, just ask you to make a, an attack, make an attack. Don't make 12. Uh, I, you know, just don't get mad when I say it doesn't work out. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's just my standpoint. But uh, I may very well be his and I'm focusing on the wrong guy right now. I may very uh, well be I... his <laughs> nemesis as well. <laughs> because after all, the we never had the opportunity to work out that grievance. Whereas in a person, it's harder to just hang up the phone. You know? When you're sitting around the table and be like, you, you have your argument, your discussion, and it goes awry... Well, you still have an opportunity before the guy gets his stuff all packed up in his bag and actually leaves to be like, hey, I'm sorry. Is there a way that we can work this out? I'd like to continue playing, and I don't want you to not play, and I want us to all have that opportunity together. But at the moment it was, no, it was, I'm not playing this anymore. okay well that happened and then the entire game was kaput you know and it just it it irks me to this day that thing that never got done you know so Uh, as far as favorite favorite i'm sorry david um you had something to comment there go ahead
2: yeah no you were actually making me think about the uh um, online as a DM, a bad situation I had was the 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 Waterdeep game that we had that I was running when okay. um, uh, when when a particular player um, slaughtered a bunch of cobalts who weren't fighting back, and I told and we got into that argument
0: that his character tell was that. evil. Yeah, he told me about that. Yeah, you were there. I don't remember kobold slaughter
2: the yeah the in the in the in the room with the dwarf and the kobold servants he wanted to press gang the kobolds into working at the bar they said no so he killed them
0: you remember now I tried to forget yes I do remember that yes yes that was a bad situation yes it was
2: um, and then he was arguing with me that he's not evil because they're monsters, and it's that doesn't work that way anymore. Oh,
0: man. And that's just something that touches just onto the topic I brought up about having the opportunity to work through those differences. Because the person that you speak of was a co-host last week. Yeah, I didn't want to give any names, but... But it is the elephant in the room now, and so yeah. there is that I opportunity mean, to work through that, and I'm all about. That. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're cool. I mean, we're still course, cool. But that was just a bad. Of course, and I'm I'm, just a, a, I'm a big thing. I'm a big thing about. Here's a great thing about whether it's virtual or physical. I hate to call it real life because it's all real life, but, um, physical versus virtual. What do they say about a relationship with like, you know, your spouse, don't go to bed angry. Don't go to bed angry. That's what's going to make it work out. Okay. (laughs) Now I'm not saying that, that your party is comparable to your life partner. But when you enter into this agreement to take part in this campaign, (laughs) it may take, you know, a couple of months, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of years, you're entering into that agreement, that arrangement. And if you can't squash your beef between each other, it makes that experience less entertaining because that is always looming in the background, even when you move on to the next
2: game. Oh, yeah. Digital players... or physical, you have to have a good rapport with your players. Absolutely. And
0: so I'd like to see <laughs> that be resolved so that will no longer be your worst experience ever. You know, <laughs> man, or at least online with one of them. But yeah, I think that's that's something. But anyway, uh, best experience experience that is a hard question because I've had a lot of great experiences but I had this opportunity and I'm sorry he's not here right now Chris because this was his game his game that he ran I was playing as one of my favorite characters I mentioned him last week Orin. Um, we had finished up with our campaign which was the campaign I created the character for and it was like you know well what do you want to do now okay well just so it happened there was this chick that I had you know had the hocks for this priestess with you know really great charisma that I had saved I, I hate the way I just said that I saved this Drow princess, this Drow priestess okay but then they were once again swept up with this evil that I was trying to thwart well, I was successful in my mission but knew that this princess whom I kind of love at first sight kind of deal you know Uh, knew that she had been swept away with the enemy at the end of this game at the end of this campaign and it was something that kind of like oh man I wish I think my character would have tried to go back after her after rescuing the prince from the clutches of this evil doer and I'm not going to get into the the description exactly what all was going on but um, so I put together a team and I went down and I got that girl out, okay. And I got her out in, in dramatic fashion. But the great experience was this: I obtained somewhere along the road, and I an item. Um, it was an item of spell story, uh, a ring of spell story. You guys are familiar, I'm sure that if you're watching this video, you're not aware of what this ring does. It stores up a spell from the spellcaster that put it into for allowing you to use when you steam fit. Sometimes a spell is something that you may never be capable of casting, in which case that's what the story is talking about. I was a trickster. I was a rogue. I dabbled in wizardry but I was nowhere near the capability of casting ninth level spells or 7th level spells but that's what freaking happened, bro I went down there and things went awry some big old purple worm come up out of the ground you know what I did? I cast a spell my character never would have been able to cast with this item that I'd held on this entire time thinking I need the right moment to use this spell it was maze I stuck this purple worm in a maze with very little (laughs) intelligence. So we were other side of the prairie by the time it came back, you know, and then got into this abode and ended up using another charge from this ring through various things, this, that, and the other. I think maybe anime dead happened. I was seriously clearing out a ring of spell storing. That I had in my pocket for years. For years. Okay? And just kind of laid them all out there. And in the process, knew what it was to look and feel and be a black dragon. That was the final the final thing. And this this yeah, I turned into a black dragon. It was my final jest. Um, to fork the enemy that chased after us. They were not coming after a black dragon. I couldn't breathe acid. Hell, I don't even think I could fly. But I could look like a black dragon, bro, because I had polymorphs on another spell I could not cast. But for that moment, I could do that. And in being allowed to just be able to do all that, it took several months to do whatever, but the the climax of it, being able to use that item to do all those things to actually put together this little A-team and go down and rescue this chick and basically give a climactic finish to a character that has it an, such an epic journey in his own and give it such an epic ending. You know, with this item I picked up in some random dungeon a long time ago that just happened to be the key to, to everything. Um, and that was cool. It was kind of like, you know, a movie. You know, that, that thing you get at the beginning of the journey, it ends up being the thing you need at the end. You know, it's, it was cool. You know, and thanks to Chris for giving me that experience. That was online, that was an online experience. My favorite in person was the day I saved my entire party. Um, this told Apex over any other experience I've I've ever had. I don't recall the DM. We had a lot of different guys that were playing at that time. and We were in a dungeon and we came across this item. It was a chest. And it had a mirror of life trapping under the lid. Everyone. Everyone ended up well a few of us ended up getting trapped in there. And one of the party members smashed the mirror. I don't know if you guys know what a Mirror of Life Trapping is. But it has like 11 chambers. Uh, Something goes in. It's basically in stasis. You can hear things. You can see things. Whatever. But time doesn't pass for you. You never have to worry about eating or drinking or sleeping or anything like that. You're just there. You're there until the command word is used to release you. Or someone breaks the glass. Well, there's 11 changes. Or takes your spot. What's that? Or takes your spot. Or takes your spot. Um, So, someone breaks the mirror, releases everything. Releases the party members, but also releases a pit fiend. And we are nowhere near pit fiend level. And it kills everyone almost immediately. No, is that what happened? Is that what happened? Or, David, you were there. Did, Did... did it take someone's spot and come out or did someone smash it and it came out either way I do remember that I was face to face with this pit fiend and there was no way that I could possibly kill it but I was just raging barbarian and that's what barbarians do is they rage and they hit stuff and I attacked and I rolled a nat 20
2: well yeah that- no the, it was yeah no it took Jar's uh, yeah Jar took his spot okay i ended up getting into the mirror and the pit fiend came out yeah because you lost your paladin
0: yeah and i ended up being like one of the only members that were left Uh, all right so um i always seem to get stuck in those mirrors man it was a great trick that was taught by a particular rest dressed in peace uh, um Vince. Vince. Yeah, he got hit by a bus. Um, Long States. time ago. Yeah, but he was a he played D and D and he was an old school Gorgonard like most of us. Uh, yeah, he shared some things and shared that trap that happened to be the trap that was doing all this. Well, I rolled that natural twenty, and we were playing a game in which they wanted confirmation, and so I rolled it again, and it was another natural twenty. Well, I don't know if you know what that meant, but that meant instant death. It was a, yeah, it was a house rule that we were running at the time. Mm-hmm. So we confirmed and I rolled another natural twenty. I rolled two natural twenties in a row to confirm a natural twenty, and ended up lopping the head of this pit fiend off, a foe I had no business fighting. Okay, this was from impulse. Impulse always had the weight of almost kill all of us or kill all of us. Oh, Because oh, man! It just the they were so uneven. Those matches. There was like new way we could do that, but somehow we did. And yeah, I saved I saved the party by killing this pit fiend. I had no business fighting. Yeah, that that happened. It was cool. It's a moment. Yeah, and like then it there was.
2: I still tell stories of uh, of your Tarask
0: defeat. That was cool. That was cool. And that was very much a rule of cool. You know. That was, but the rolling two net twenties—that's something that doesn't happen very often. Um, right. Whereas never happened at that particular moment. That was know, just, just made it a special thing. That was just me thinking way outside the box you see the descriptions of the spells as they lay
2: so so what we're discussing with the Tarasque incident (laughs) uh this was god 20 years ago 20 22 years ago um when Patrick and I were, uh, were living in Las Vegas together. Um, our DM, uh, we, were like, we, were, we were like level 11 or 12, and the DM kept throwing things at us that were way above our weight class that we kept taking out. And he got tired of like us not having a challenge. So, he throws the terrasque at us. As now, if, if it you, wasn't pl- a
0: challenge. As if everything right. he threw at us wasn't a challenge. Oh, it was a challenge. We just happened to survive, and that just didn't sit right with him.
2: Right. Right. It was, you know, we would, you know, minimal casualties, coming out with a couple of scratches, and, you know, it's just, and he would, and yeah, he would throw things at us way above our weight class, and then he decides, you know, screw it, Tarask. <laughs> and so, Patrick, one of the characters that he's playing, is the sorcerer who had happened upon a ring of wishes?
0: No, I didn't have the ring of wishes. Someone else had the ring of wishes, and they'd already oh, cast and they one... gave it to you. Uh, yes, Jerome had already cast one wish, and he turned the drasp. That's into the right. Grape. Yeah. And then the grape got squished, and it turned back into, or something happened with the giraffe where it ended up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Back. The grape got squit. Yeah. The grape got squished, and it tur- it came back. Yeah. So he gave the ring to you.
0: I said, can I can I see that for a second? It had two wishes left <laughs> when I had it. It was a it was a ring with three. I got I had two when I got it. And I said, I wish that the Tarask was deathly allergic to me. And the DM was like, Okay, it's deathly allergic to you. So then I walked out in front of the Tarask and I said, Eat me <laughs> it sniffed me. Realized it wasn't some it was something it didn't want to eat. And was like the only you know.
2: thing it didn't want to eat.
0: But it didn't want to touch me either, because the DM was like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I touch you. You're I'm deathly allergic to you. I'm not coming in contact with you whatsoever. So it didn't like slap me away or like that. It just stopped. So I was like, fine. Okay. Well, I teleport. Without error, into the stomach of the tarasque, eat me! <laughs> you have no choice now. Sure, the the caprice or cap- what is it called? The um, I struggle with that. Its shell. It has the actual name. The carapace. Carapace. caprison The caprison <laughs> The uh, carapace. Its shell. Yeah, it reflects, like, things that you shoot at it. But it doesn't negate all kinds of spells, including, like, a conjuration spell. Why would it? So it doesn't say anything about that type of spell being affected by its caprice. Caprice on. Um,
2: Just say shell.
0: Shell. But, uh... So it worked. Jurassic dies. I was like, cool. And as I pick up my character sheet to do the proverbial, well, not proverbial, it was the ritualistic, that character's dead now. My DM stopped me and was like, no, the gods, the gods see that your sacrifice was worthy. And so my character became a demigod. And that was the whole problem these guys have been dealing with for the last 15 years, is Necron being a demigod. Uh, A guy, by the way, Necron was one of those guys that just like, what am I going to do today? Flip a coin. Let's see. Looks like I'm wearing purple. So Some men just want to watch the world burn. (laughs) So he didn't care. He was like, fuck it. All right. Uh, so there's a little more context there. This also ended a life debt for him. Huh. Um, yes, what a, a, a crazy person! In order to do a life debt with a paladin, that when you describe him sounds like Kal-El. His name was Cal, mind you, but. They said that my, my DM, when I, when I created him, and everything was randomly created, mind you. We used all the uh, vital statistics all done with random generation, and all the, the uh, stats were all done by dice, and Cal was just deemed to look like that guy. Right over there, Conan. He pretty much was fucking Conan. So he was just given, like, a plus two in this uh, intimidation just because of him being such a big physical brute um but yeah he was like he was cow. um he didn't need saving he he did he was just fine so um a life debt never being paid but being paid to his son and I've gone on with this for long enough uh, if you want to know what really happened uh i have a recording of that somewhere i think uh maybe i don't know no i have a recording of some of that at the end of that campaign where you guys tied it up and killed no i don't think i recorded that i lied okay well thank you very much
1: um yeah so I guess I will go ahead and, and uh, finish off this question and then uh, round it up and explain why I had that as my second question. Um, so for me, um, my favorite moment in person would have been the first time I was DMing. And I was only doing so because, um, my cousin's fiance, uh, really enjoyed D and D and he'd never played. And, I told him, it's like, well, do you have enough friends that you could put together that would be interested in playing? And uh, so we put a little bit of effort into it. And uh, his brother and and uh, then his best friend both joined the campaign. And so that made the three of them, um, you know, plus, you know, his fiance. And it's like, you know what? It, We have room for a little bit more. So I went ahead and invited uh, my DM from another campaign and and, uh, one of his uh, other friends into the campaign. So we had, you know, a full party there. And uh, here's the thing. Half the group had never played before. And the other half of the group were seasoned players. And we were playing and my cousin stood up in the middle of the session and shouts out. I was born to be a nerd and it was just such a funny moment because you know he was only there you know to have time you know with somebody else that, that for something he didn't really think he was interested in but he just wanted to you know to see why she was so interested in it and for him to jump up you know in the middle of the session and shout you know i was born to be a nerd that was uh, probably one of the coolest things um, I will have ever witnessed in my life, inside or outside of D&D. Um, for the, the coolest thing for a, a virtual game, um, I would have to say it would have to be when I actually ran a game based on the Elder Scrolls universe. And we had one of our our players in that group wasn't sure um, she was interested in being a full-time player. And I made an NPC um, for the party uh, to fill in a role that they didn't have, and I let her play that character. And then the party betrayed that character. And I had to make another character uh, for her to play because they switched sides. Uh, But she was then allowed to play both the new character and the old one uh, in a a vengeance uh, sequence. And that scenario never would have happened had we been playing in person. Um, It was only because... With playing online, we were able to make room uh, for her whenever she was able to play, and the rest of the time not. Um, and, and so it was just, I don't know, one of those audacity moments, you know, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Um, worst sessions in person. Um, I was actually playing with a friend of mine from church, and he made an exclamation. Um, that went against our beliefs and i I like wait what did you just say and he he realized what came out of his mouth even though he was only playing from a character's point of view you know he, he said something that he didn't believe in to such a degree he started crying i don't think we ever played again um it took, we we gave him a few minutes to try and pull himself together. Uh, we were meeting at, at a local library, and after a bit, he's like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to keep going. And, you know, I walked him down, and I let him know. It's like, look, you know, I understand that, that it just came out. You know, I'm not all that mad at you. You know, I just wanted to draw attention to the fact that you actually just said that, you know. And, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that ruined the entire uh, campaign. Um, as far as worst for
0: online. It, yeah. yeah Robert, ahead. may, may I, may I ask, uh, what was it he said?
1: Uh, it was just the Lord's name in vain. It was, it was, oh. um, he, he opened something, something really nasty came out. Um, and he exclaimed, you know, it's something happening. And, it really, you know, it really was his character, but yet I was like, wait, what did you just say? You know, because I never expected to hear that come from that player. It wasn't even, right. yes, you know, so it was one of those situations where he was so in his character's head, you know, that he didn't even realize he'd said it until I drew attention to it. Um, right. and, and so I feel horrible because I completely ruined his experience. You know, um, over pointing out something his character did that was outside of what his person would have done. Um,
0: okay. But I don't, I don't think you should beat yourself up about that.
1: Well, it, that was still the worst in-person session I, I think I've ever had because I made someone cry. We were in a public place, you know, and it it does not feel good um, to to invoke th- those kind of emotions for somebody. Um the worst for me for online play actually was um uh, we were playing through roll 20 it was a random group i didn't know any of these people in any capacity uh you just go on their forums and they put, the dm will put a schedule down and you select to join if you can meet that schedule and we played a couple of sessions to be honest he wasn't that great of a DM, but all of a sudden he never showed up. He scheduled it. All of the players were there. We were all waiting. We waited like half an hour. And he just never showed up. And so for me, the worst online is simply the fact that there is no real commitment to it because he didn't really know us. It wasn't a big deal for him just to blow us off and just never show up in the first place. Um and so the reason I asked for the best and worst. Uh, experiences when it comes to online or in-person was trying to point out that most of them could have happened in either direction. Um, And that, you know, um, there are a lot of pros um, to either method. If you have a group of friends that you're capable of playing with uh, in person or online, um, that it gives a lot of tools at your disposal uh, to make use of that online. And, and so that was kind of where I was uh, trying to point out with this, um, you know, just as a, a advice uh, for anyone that's potentially um, looking at, um, you know, running a group or, or, or being part of a group and, and Uh, Might have some conflicts uh, with scheduling. They might have an issue with the finances. It might be. You know, I I was just trying to point out that overall, it's pretty much the same experience. uh, That that most of our best moments uh, could have happened in either situation, and the same goes for most of our uh, negative experiences. And that kind of leads me then into my last and uh, last question, and that would be: um, Do Either of you have any advice for someone who is wanting to get into um, either playing or DMing um, on how they could find that group um, so that they could, you know, experience some of these positives. But then also be aware that some of these other things happen and maybe avoid that negative experience because of having listened to our, you know, uh, experiences
0: already. David, would you like to build this? Absolutely.
1: Um,
2: One of the recommendations that I will give um, to find a group um, is um, one of the things is if you have a local game store, um, hang out there. Talk to people. Um look for, um, there's this great resource that wizards of the coast has called adventurers league, uh, where Mm -hmm. it's actual, um, you know, where you're playing an actual, you know, campaign and adventures on a, on a weekly basis. And it's a great way to meet people. And, you know, you don't have to show up every single week. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's basically league play um and it's a great way to like I said meet people um network get an idea of of who of who you mesh with who you don't which is a great way for in person um to to get a group together um online um one of the resources is if you go to um um roll 20 um they have uh game listings where you can sign up for games um what is the name of that other system uh, that other virtual tabletop
0: um there is um dang uh, i'm trying to think of the name of it i was just thinking about it the other day um does something. Uh, either way, there there are a number of different um, online resources. But um, also, one way that you can do if you're, especially if you're looking to get into like a a, a game online, okay. Um, I myself am a member of many different Facebook groups, um, so I'm going to plug Facebook right here um, as a great media platform for. Uh, for meeting players that have your same interest, okay? Uh, they're going to be playing the same things that you want to play. Um, great way for you to find friends that are playing online that may end up having games that you may have lasting relationships with um during through many years at, rather than just playing a random game, okay? Uh, a lot of these groups, they have uh, different... Um, Message groups talking about uh, games that they want to play, um, games that they are interested in playing for players. Uh, if in case you're a DM looking for players, you can you can find these in many different DM groups. Whether you be playing a, a second edition game or a fifth edition game, or even making a, uh, a, a something outside of that like a White Wolf or something that you might not find an online resource for. There are still groups out there um, dedicated to um, media and socializing with uh, different players and DMs that like to play very obscure games. Uh, So uh, look to doing that, um, to finding the game that fits you best, um, as well as making enduring relationships with players that you may end up playing with for years to come. Um, something I wanted to talk about, about something you had mentioned about new players as well, but the topic you had mentioned about this DM that you had where you had, you had said he wasn't very, a very good DM and he didn't end up coming and opening up a session and actually running that game. And it was a very, you know, downing experience for you uh, as far as someone deciding to be a DM. Now let's start with a little story. So let's this is a figurative story. Um, a bunch of dudes get together. It's like four or five dudes end up getting together I'm like dude. I'd love to play this game called d and I never played before. Whatever. Okay so everyone makes these epic characters whatever it created from their favorite so media sources whether it be movies or comic books or whatever, you know? And then you can have their characters. But the one element they don't have is a DM. For a player to play, you need a DM. And sometimes you end up just deciding, hey, you know what? I, I'd like to be that guy for our players. There is no such thing as a bad DM that keeps trying to get better okay so as long as you're attempting to get better okay learning from your mistakes listening to your players being a part of it now that's really what makes a makes a good DM in my eyes okay no one's gonna just show up and be like okay I've read the book once and let's make some characters and let's play okay there's going to be a lot of things that, that you haven't really, you know, I- I experienced yet. And something that we've talked about in our, you know, little pre-session warm-ups before we actually play games. Our little things that made us decide to do this podcast is there's a big difference between player experience and character experience. Your level character, your, your character levels up every time you gain... X amount of experience points Or achieve a checkpoint You gain your proficiencies You gain new abilities Gain new feats Level up your ability scores You know what? Yours is a player that stays the same You don't adjust your constitution Or your intelligence Or your wisdom You gain experience Just by running that character Just by being exposed to What happened when I did this? Okay? Or when they did that. And that's a whole new facet to it as well. So when you're starting a new game, or being a new player, or being a new DM, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Be willing to learn to learn from that experience, don't try to block it out, what, what made this bad situation like we talked about throughout this session come into being? How can I avoid that? Or if it comes to that, how can I troubleshoot it? How can I salvage this session, this game, this relationship? Um, And that's really what I'd like to contribute to this discussion, salvaging that relationship, most importantly. Um, We're all in this together, period.
1: Okay, well, um, for me, uh, I would suggest um, places like the local library wasn't brought up. We've all played in a library uh, for some of our sessions. Uh, and, and that has been mentioned, but, uh, you know, you can actually leave flyers uh, at the library or you can ask them to um, to let people know uh, if they ask about it, you know, that, that, that a group is, is formally going. Uh, if you're still in school or something like that, you can easily put flyers up, um, you know, in the hallways there. Um, I know I formed a chess club when I was in high school, and that's how I got the the group started in the first place was just setting up a couple of flyers. Um, you know, I, I think you're totally right as, as long as, as you're uh, you have an interest in it and you're trying to improve, Um, The the only the the only problem that my DM really had is that he gave up, you know, that either he uh, didn't feel like he was being very successful or we weren't interested or whatever. But uh, the the real issue was the fact that he gave up on us. And that was what made that such a negative experience. You know, uh, it wasn't even that uh, we weren't enjoying the story or anything like that or how difficult he'd made it on us. It was simply the fact, you know, that he quit on us. Um, so, for online, uh, another revenue or avenue that you uh, didn't mention would be Discord. Um, there are a lot of groups um, out there that, uh, f- official and otherwise, that would not be hard to find and to build a group with. Uh, even when we're using Roll20, most people end up using uh, Discord uh, for their uh, voice and video uh, features. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to uh make use uh, of Discord uh forums and things of that nature to try and um you know locate groups that way.
0: I was, um, I was saying that uh that's actually what we're using right now is Discord. In fact, we use that to play most of, if not all, of the games. Yeah. Huh. Um,
2: another, ch- I mean. But uh, to, to go off of your your library, uh, you know, well played in the library. Yeah, I've even played, hell, I've played in a Denny's at two o'clock in the morning with a group of people, you know, while we're just slurping down coffee. So, <laughs> but the other thing is, you know, if you're looking to be involved, if you're looking to get into it, uh, don't be afraid to be a nerd. If If you have a player's handbook, you know, and if you're at work and, you know, you're just sitting there thumbing through the player's handbook, you never know. You might stumble across another nerd who plays.
1: Actually, it's it's a popular enough game. You are certainly going to run across somebody else who plays. It's just, you know, it might surprise you who that turns out to be.
2: People who play, people who actually play and the, the, the groups to look into. Um, people who've been in the military, they play a lot patrick as an example uh because when you're on a deployment because and i've talked to other people other uh other vets who play it's when you're you know when you're on a deployment and you got nothing else to do yeah you're gonna find ways to entertain yourself especially when you're stuck in a barracks for you know for two weeks or, or on an aircraft carrier um other people believe it or not people who've been in prison are you will you will find some of the biggest nerds coming out of prison because they got nothing better to do than than, uh, than work out, read and find ways to be to beat the boredom and one of them is D and D.
0: And I think that kind of brings us to next week a little bit. David.
2: Yes yes because next week. I would like to talk about D&D and role-playing as therapy.
0: And that's a discussion I definitely want to be a part of.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I think that means a little bit different for every one of us. Uh, So for right now, I want to uh, thank you all for joining us at the uh, Table in the Tavern and uh, would like to see you next time.
2: All right, who's got the check this week?
0: <laughs> I thought you were
1: getting it.
2: Okay, fine, I'll get it this week. Yeah.
0: Well, no, I'm getting it next week. Oh, that's right, you are getting it next week. Uh, Robert, it's your week.
1: Oh, darn it, that means it's mine. Okay, I got it, thank you.
0: All right, all right. All
2: right.